0: You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. All right, well, let's pray and let's get in the Word tonight. Amen. I'm ready. Praise God. Y'all ready? You ready. All right. Father, we give you praise tonight. We honor you and glorify your holy name because you're worthy of our praise. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. Father, I praise you tonight for this opportunity to spend some time studying your word, looking at your word for revelation and insight. Father, I thank you for all of our FAMILY AND FRIENDS THAT ARE HERE uh, TONIGHT FATHER AND I THANK YOU LORD THAT EVEN THOUGH WE MIGHT PHYSICALLY BE IN DIFFERENT PLACES I THANK YOU THAT IT'S THE SAME HOLY GHOST WHEREVER THEY ARE THAT IS HERE WITH ME AND LORD I THANK YOU FOR THE ANOINTING TO MINISTER TO SPEAK YOUR WORD I THANK YOU FOR THE ANOINTING TO BE ON EVERY HEARER AND LORD I BELIEVE FOR REVELATION AND INSIGHT TO FLOW FREELY TONIGHT I THANK YOU FOR THE MINISTRY OF THE HOLY SPIRIT HE IS OUR TEACHER AND SO WE LOOK TO HIM TONIGHT TO BE TAUGHT, and, AND OUR LIVES TO BE CHANGED, AND WE THANK YOU FOR IT, AND WE BELIEVE THAT WE RECEIVE, IN JESUS' NAME, AMEN. AMEN. ALL RIGHT, WELL, LET'S LOOK AT OUR uh, SCRIPTURE THAT WE'RE BASING OUR STUDY ON. LET'S LOOK AT EPHESIANS CHAPTER 6, AND uh, AS FAR AS I CAN TELL RIGHT NOW, WE'VE GOT THIS WEEK AND NEXT WEEK, AS FAR AS uh, CONTINUING TO TALK ABOUT SPIRITUAL WARFARE. And uh, so we're going to finish up uh, talking about some of the armor tonight. We'll have one more piece that we'll cover next week. But again, let me uh, just hit a few points that we've been hitting every single week so we can keep these things in mind. And that is this. We must always remember that the real battle with Satan was won at the cross by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, that brings us to the point that is that we should never look at ourselves as trying to get the victory. We already have the victory. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. We're not going to be more than conquerors. We are already more than conquerors, and we've been made that way because of Jesus has made us that way. And so the, the, the victory over Satan and all his demonic forces has already been won by the lord jesus and it belongs to us jesus turned and gave us that victory and so again we approach spiritual warfare from the place of we have already won so somebody might say well then what is this all about it well basically it's about us occupying and enforcing that defeat on the devil here's the thing that He's, he knows he's defeated. He's hoping that you don't know that he's defeated. And so if, if he's hoping that, you know, a lot of he can keep a lot of the body of Christ ignorant of those things because if he can, then he can keep them in a defeated state. But praise God, we have the word of God and we're getting wise on him, all right? So we've been saying that there are three different aspects of spiritual warfare. Number one is taking control of our minds, spending time renewing our minds to the Word of God. The second aspect is crucifying our flesh, uh, putting to death the the desires of our flesh that are contrary to the Word of God. And then after we have done all of that, then we can deal with the enemy. You know, instead of uh, maybe going after the enemy first and yelling and screaming at him, try dealing with those two things first and then deal with him. And the reason being is, and I say that, I'm being facetious, but I say that in the sense of, if you will deal with your mind and deal with your flesh, you leave him very little ground to work with in your life. And so that's why that is so important. So let's go to Ephesians chapter six. We're gonna start in verse 10 and we're gonna read verses 10 through 18. And uh, the apostle Paul, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod or put on uh, your shoes which on your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Aren't you glad that God hasn't left us spiritually naked to face our adversary? We have his clothes, we have his weapons, we have his warfare, or his armor, rather, to put on. And uh, I love the fact that Paul said, put on the whole armor of God, but he, he started it by saying, be strong in the Lord. I am so glad that I don't have to be strong in my own might. I don't have that much strength. But thank God we have the strength and the power of the Lord, and so we can walk and live in that. Now, we said that there are three offensive weapons, three defensive weapons. And so we said that the three defensive weapons are the breastplate, the shield, and the helmet. And then we said that the three offensive weapons are the shoes, the sword, and the lance. And so we're going to get into these uh, tonight again. We're going to get work on uh, wrapping this up. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. And Paul said this, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, the couple of things I want to point out to you in that verse right off the bat, and these jumped out to me as I was reading it earlier, and that is this, underline the word all there in that verse where it says you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one notice it didn't say that that some could get through but the the shield of faith is able to quench all every er, one of the fiery darts of the wicked one all right it is able to quench them all all right now if you remember uh let's back up here and um, let's see. No, remember in verse 14 where it said, Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth. In other words, we talked about the loin belt, which is the word of God. And if you remember, as we looked at some of the pictures of those Roman soldiers, how their armor hung on and clung to that loin belt. Well, the shield of faith is no different. And uh, the shield rested in a small clip attached to the loin belt when when not in use. Now, somebody tell me, what is the the shield called? The shield of what? Shield of
1: Faith.
0: faith. That's right. Shield of faith. So it makes sense that the shield of faith would be connected to The loin belt of the word of God. Now, somebody tell me, what does Romans 10 17 say? Faith comes how? By hearing. By hearing the word of God. Hearing faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So the loin belt is representative of the written word of God, and attached to the loin belt is the the shield of faith. So the first point that we need to understand, and we know this, but your faith must be attached to the Word of God, okay? So the, the, the presence or absence of faith in our lives is determined by the presence or absence of God's Word in our lives. So faith and the Word of God are inseparable. You cannot separate the two of them. If you have the Word of God and you are getting the Word of God on the inside of you, then faith is present. You cannot separate the two, okay? By the way, I want to just make a note of something. Put your little marker there in uh, in Ephesians, and, and let's go to Romans 10, 17. We quoted it just a second ago, but I want to show you something. Romans 10, 17. And... Uh, Again, Romans 10, 17 says this. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Underline, if you can, in your Bible, that phrase, Word of God, please. (coughs) Excuse me. That phrase, Word of God, we talked about this a few Sundays ago, is, is the Greek word rhema. Rhema, not logos, which is basically the written Word of God but Rhema is an inspired Word that the Holy Spirit quickens on the inside of you. Now again there's nothing wrong with hearing and reading and feeding upon the written Word of God in a general sense but where faith really comes in our hearts is when a particular portion of the Word of God is quickened and made alive on the inside of you in your spirit by the Holy Spirit, that's when faith truly arises. So, as we we said, you know, in our Sunday messages, that you have to stay with the Word of God, the general written Word of God, until it becomes revelation on the inside of you. When it becomes revelation and it clicks, if you will, if it if it uh, becomes drops down in your heart, so to speak, that's when faith is present. Now. The Word of God starts out as head knowledge, and but because it, 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 it has to go through your mind. But when it gets down in your heart and becomes inspired and breathed upon by the Spirit of God, that's when faith arises in your heart. Okay? So go back over to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, again, so... Having, uh, he said, uh, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the word of God is central and foremost to everything else that we have in God. The written word of God is the focal point of our lives as believers, okay? So as we just got through saying, faith is a result of of the impartation of God's Word into our hearts. Faith is a result of the impartation of God's Word into our hearts, okay? So for us to grow in faith, the Word of God must be a priority in our lives, okay? So although born again and destined for heaven, you will not be able to enjoy the benefits of your salvation now in this life unless you permit the power of god's word to continually work in you to transform your thinking and to grow in your heart all right now let's talk about this shield that the roman soldier had in his possession i'm going to show you some pictures Okay, so bear with me while I pull those up. Okay, Uh, let's talk about this shield first. This is a round, obviously, shield that you can see there. And this was called an aspis, A-S-P-I-S. The Roman soldiers called this an aspis shield. And this shield, as you can see, is very decorative, very ornate. Uh, but the thing about it is it was used primarily for public ceremonies and parades. Now, one of the reasons that's true is because you can see here by looking at this picture that a lot of the soldier is left vulnerable. Notice that his hole from shoulders up, from knee down, uh, you know, and, and, and these shields could vary in size So a good portion of the soldier was exposed. So that point being is that the soldier would probably not carry this shield into battle. That's the Aspas shield, but they did carry it in parades and when they were trying to uh, use it as decoration. So there was another sword, I mean, excuse me, another shield that they would use. And let me show you what that looked like. And that is this one. Okay, let me zoom in for you. All right, this shield was called a thureos, T-H-U-R-E-O-S, thureos. Now, what's interesting is in the Greek language, that word thureos means door. Anybody want to take a guess as to why that shield would be called a thureos? Because of its shape? Because its it shape, and, and sometimes they were bigger than this and almost were as big as a door, okay? Now, this shield had a greater purpose, and this shield was often carried into battle. So think about the reason that the Holy Spirit would have Paul use this shield when he talks about the shield of faith so uh like a wide and long shield the faith of god the faith that god has given you is adequate to cover every need that could ever arise in your life let me see if i have a picture of one that's a little bit bigger so you can see the gist of it here's a a soldier actually carrying one of those now you can't see Uh, how far it goes down but you can see the size of it and much more of his body is protected now I'll show you a little later on how when several soldiers got these side by side what they look like but again I want you to understand the shield of faith is able to cover your entire life every need that you could face it is more than enough to offer protection, okay? Now, let's talk about this, this shield for just a moment. Let me tell you how it was made. This shield was made up of multiple layers. Now, what it could be, and it varied, but they would start with a piece of wood and then they would cover that piece of wood with multiple layers of leather. They would put leather layers of leather on the front, and they would put layers of leather on the back, and then it would have straps on the back of it, so obviously they could carry it. And these layers were woven tightly together, and uh, you can imagine that if you had a piece of wood and then multiple layers of leather on top of that that were tightly bound together, how strong that shield could be. Now, you know, back in those days, uh, if they had steel or iron that was available to them, they used that to make their weapons. And besides that, if a shield was made of iron, it would be very, very heavy for them to carry around. But this wood and leather all bound together was light enough for them to carry, but yet it was still strong enough to offer the protection that they needed so all of these animal hides that were woven together were strong and exceptionally long lasting okay now i want you to make a note of this your faith just like that leather on that shield is extremely tough and exceptionally durable your faith is extremely tough and exceptionally durable My point is this, our faith, the God kind of faith that we have, that God gave us and that we build and grow on the Word of God is a whole lot more durable than we think it is. It's a whole lot more resilient than we think it is, okay? In other words, our faith is not as fragile as we think it it is. It is designed to be durable and long-lasting, just like this shield is. So no matter how hard and how long the enemy beats against your faith, your faith can outlast his attack, okay? Now not only can it outlast one attack, it can allow... Notice what that verse said in verse 18, that it is able to quench, as I said, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So that shield is well able to withstand the, the multiple darts and arrows that the enemy would shoot at you. So you need to know that. You need to know that your faith is strong. Now, here's what we do sometimes, is we feel weak. And we assume, because we feel weak, that our faith is weak. But you gotta understand, that is not your faith. Remember, Jesus said in Mark 11:23 23, or 22, rather, have the faith of God. It is God's faith. God gives us that measure of faith. He deposits that down on the inside of us. And, and the last time I checked, God was not that fragile. All right? His faith is not that fragile. So neither is your faith that fragile. It is designed to withstand and to overcome the enemy's repeated attacks. Now, I want you to understand this. Just as in the, the day with these Roman soldiers, the shield must be properly taken care of. It has to be properly maintained. Now, let me show you this picture again so you can keep this in front of you. All right? So this shield must be properly maintained so let me tell you kind of what the routine of a soldier would be like a, a soldier would wake up every day and if he was in a tent then his shield his armor was right there beside him and the first thing he would do is reach over and every soldier carried a vial of oil with them and the first thing he would do is he would take that vial of oil take a cloth that he had and he would saturate it with that oil and he would begin to thoroughly rub that oil into the leather of that shield to keep it pliable and soft. Now if you're familiar with leather at all, uh, over time, particularly leather that is exposed to the elements will eventually dry out and become brittle and weak. So what this soldier had to do is every day he had to oil that shield. He had to to oil the front of it that you see there. Then he had to turn it over and oil the back of it. He had to oil the the straps to keep them soft and pliable that he would put those on in order to protect himself. Without proper care, the shield would become hard, stiff, and brittle. Now what would happen if, a, if, if an adversary, an enemy came up with his sword and you had not been taking care of your shield like you should have been, he could take that sword and come down hard on that shield and just break it into pieces. But if, you, if, if that soldier had been taking care of it, kept it oiled, then the shield could withstand those, those blows like that and would not crack and fall into pieces. So if the Roman soldier wanted to live a long life, it was imperative for him to pick up that vial and apply the oil to his shield every single day he was in the military. Now, I think you could probably guess where I'm going with this. The shield, of course, is the shield of faith for us. So what this tells us is that our Shield Our faith requires frequent oil by the Holy Ghost. It requires frequent anointings by the Holy Ghost. In other words, you and I must daily spend time with the Holy Spirit so that His oil can permeate our faith. Without a, a constant fresh touch of the Holy Spirit's power in your life, Your faith will become hard, stiff, and brittle. In other words, it won't function like you need it to function. It won't won't bring the desired results like you need it to bring. Okay? So, faith that is ignored nearly always breaks and falls into pieces during a confrontation with the enemy. You, You can see someone and and we're not judging anybody it's just a fact you know you can see someone that maybe at one time was on fire for the lord and they were in the word of god spending time in the word and their faith and their their ability to believe and trust god was flourishing and for whatever reason they they um you know, withdrew from the Word and, and maybe got distracted or, or something else was going on in their lives and, and they, they weren't spending the time in the Word of God and with the, the Holy Spirit like they needed to and their faith becomes weak and brittle. Well, you need to understand something. Even though you might be in that state, life still happens to every one of us. Things are going to happen and your adversary is going to try you. And you need to understand that if you have allowed your faith to become weak and brittle, then it's not going to be able to withstand uh, against the, the efforts and the attacks of the enemy. So it is very important that we keep our faith soft and pliable with the, the, the oil of the Holy Ghost. Our, um, our faith always needs a fresh anointing okay by taking this approach, you will always do what is necessary to keep your faith alive and active and well. And so by doing this we we do this rather by going to the great anointer and spending time in prayer and worship allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Now we said this Sunday, talking about praise and worship. Praise and worship is the highest kind of prayer. Praise and worship is really your faith in action. Now does anybody remember what we said and why it is praise and worship is the highest act of faith that you can commit? Anybody remember what we said, why that's so? Okay, well, let me help you, all right? The Bible says in John chapter one and verse 18 that no man has seen God at any time. Nobody. Now, people, as I said Sunday, some people have had visions of Jesus and so forth, but no one has, on this side of heaven, has ever seen God. So what, when we spend time praying and praising and worshiping God, It's it's one of the highest acts of faith that we can do because we're praising and worshiping a God we cannot see, okay? So that's why faith is required for us to praise and worship God. So when we spend time in God's presence, praising Him and worshiping Him, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us we're allowing him to be that oil that we could rub on on the shield of faith to keep it soft and pliable. All right, you got that? Okay, now there's another reason that the soldier's shield was made of leather. All right, and here's what it was. Before the soldier would go out to battle, now let let me, again, let me bring this up to you. So you can keep it in front of you. Before the soldier went out to battle, after he had oiled it down, he placed his shield in a tub of water. And then he left it there soaking until the shield uh, would be coated and saturated with water. Now, it wouldn't permeate the leather because of the oil. But the water would stay on top of the, the outer layers of that leather on that shield. Now, why do you think he did this? Well, let's go. i tell you what. Let me help you. Look at verse 16 again. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench. What does quench mean? Put out all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, let me ask you a water question. Yes, the water, if, if an arrow, a fiery arrow, were to hit that shield, the water would, would help to put out that fire and m- minimize or diminish the, the whole point of the fiery arrow. Okay? So the soldier would keep, keep that water on his shield. So even when those dangerous flaming arrows hit their targets, The wet surface of the shield would extinguish them on impact. These water-saturated shields gave the soldier the upper hand in battle by putting out the enemy's fire. Now you're there in Ephesians chapter 6. Just look over the previous page at Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 25 and 26. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her. Now notice this, with the washing of water by the word. Okay, so here's what you have. You have the oil of the Holy Spirit and you have the water of the word permeating your shield, soaking into that shield to keep it to where the enemy is not able to permeate it in any way, shape, or form. So we see that in order for Roman soldiers to keep their shields in top-notch condition and effective in battle, it was required that their shields had daily applications of both oil and water, okay? YOU AND I MUST HAVE DAILY APPLICATIONS OF BOTH OIL AND WATER IN OUR LIVES. SO WE MUST MAKE CERTAIN THAT WE ARE ALLOWING THE HOLY SPIRIT TO FRESHLY ANOINT OUR LIVES ON A DAILY BASIS AS WE REGULARLY SATURATE OUR FAITH WITH THE WORD OF GOD. SO THIS IS HIGHLY, HIGHLY IMPORTANT. SO IF OUR SHIELD is going to be effective, then we must rub that oil into it, keep it rubbed down with that oil, and then we're going to have to keep it saturated with water. All right? Now, let's go back and look at uh, verse 16 again, and let's look at those first two. Yes, ma'am. I would say that that was was a great uh, comparison. Oh, It really was. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. You are welcome, Linda. All right, look at verse 16 again. So Paul said this, above all taking the shield of faith. Now, here's what I want to unravel this a little bit because at first glance, you would get the impression that Paul is telling us that the shield of faith is more important than all the other uh, uh, pieces of armor, but that's not the case. The, this verse is not telling us that the shield of faith is more important. We already know that the loin belt of truth is the primary one. It's actually probably the most important because it held it all together. The, lo- the loin belt of the word of God. And so when Paul used this phrase, above all, in the Greek, and I'll go ahead and give it to you. It's two words, epi, E-P-I, epi, and then The Greek word PASIN, P-A-S-I-N. Epi, PASIN, P-A-S-I-N. The word epi means over, and the word PASIN means everything. So he's not saying uh, in order of importance. What he's saying is the shield covers everything else. Okay, does that make sense to you? In the Greek language, he's not saying that it's more important. He's saying that you hold that shield up and it works to protect everything else. Okay? So another way to say this, <clears throat> say this is, well, let me let me get you to use your noggin for just a moment. If you're a Roman soldier and you're going out into battle, where are you going to hold that shield? Is it going to be behind you? Where's it going to be? In front of you. Okay. So, what Paul is actually saying is this out in front of everything else, keep the shield of faith. Okay. Not importance. It's not more important, but it stays out in front of us. Okay. So, what he's describing is a position, not an importance. Okay. So, faith is designed to be out front. Listen where it can completely cover you in every situation of life. You remember what we said that that word therios for that shield, you remember what it means? It's a door, (laughs) okay? So imagine, I want you to imagine for just a moment, if you're sitting in a room that has a door, look at that door for a minute and think about a shield that's the size of that door What are you going to want to do? You're going to want to keep that in front of you and you're going to want to keep that before you because it will completely cover you. Now, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I can hide behind a door, all right? I can hide behind that shield. That shield of faith is designed to cover you in every area of your life. So this phrase is telling us that the shield of faith is meant to completely cover us and protect us from harm, especially when we're marching forward to take new ground for the kingdom of God. So in other words, when you make the decision, okay, I'm going to believe God, you know, whatever it might be that you're, you are you find in the Word, and whether it's healing or, or God's uh, blessing and prosperity, whatever it might be, and you decide you're going to stand in faith, then what you must do is put that shield in front of you, and that shield of faith is what's going to protect you from the attacks of the enemy that are going to try and keep that from coming to pass in your life. All right, so go back to verse 16. He says, above all, notice the next word, taking. Now, of course, I'm reading from the New King James translation. So the word there is taking, and he says, taking the shield of faith. All right. The word "taking" there is uh, is a, is an interesting Greek word. It's a. I'll spell it for you: a n a l a m, as in Mary. B a n as in Nancy. O. a n a l a m b a n o. Ana Lombano is what it's how it's pronounced in the Greek. Now, what's interesting is, what that word means, it means to take something up in hand or to pick it up again. So, it means to take something up in hand or to pick something back up again. So, here, here's let me, let me illustrate it for you this way. Let's say you're a Roman soldier And you find out, your your commanding officer comes and says, all right, guys, we are getting ready to go out into battle. Let's go. Well, if you had been in your tent, your your shield would have been right there beside you. What are you going to do with that shield? Pick it up. You're going to pick it up. Exactly. You're going to pick it up and you're going to go into battle. All right? So let's say you're out in battle and you're on the battlefield and you're tired and weary and you put your shield down, but here comes your adversary again. What do you need to do? Pick it up again. Okay. That's what this Greek word is saying. It's saying pick it up to go into battle, but if you set your shield down, pick it up again all right so this is what's so good about this is it tells us that yeah in in our human nature we may lay our faith down but don't leave it there pick it back up again we all get tired we all get weary and we all might be tempted to set our faith down but whatever you do don't leave it there pick it up again all right now Paul told Timothy, let's go over uh, to 1 Timothy chapter 1, please. 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul writing this letter to Timothy, and let's look at verse 18 and 19. I'm going to read it out of the the New King James, and then I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV. The New King James says this, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, excuse me, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, verse 19, having faith and a good conscience. So uh, that word having faith there, those two words, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. Let me read it to you out of the NIV. The NIV says this, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. What is Paul telling Timothy? Listen, there are some who set their faith down and because they did, they suffered shipwreck. And he's not meaning a literal shipwreck. He, he's talking about their lives have been destroyed. Their lives have been hurt. Their lives have experienced destruction because what did they do? They rejected or, or, or with regarding their faith, they put their faith down. But he told Timothy, hold on to faith. Well, that's that same Greek word Anna Lombano. he told timothy pick your shield up pick your faith up and if you set it down pick it right back up again don't be like the other folks who left it laying there and it caused great damage to their lives why because the enemy was able to come in the enemy was able to gain an access so keep your faith in your hand it especially assures us that, that if we've laid our faith down at some point along the way, if we've gotten discouraged and stopped believing God to work in our lives, listen, it's not too late for us to pick it up and walk in faith again. Now that's one thing I love about the Lord is that, you know, if you, if you do that, if you lay your faith down, and listen, we're all tempted to do that. If you lay your faith down because you got discouraged, or you got tired, or whatever the case might be, um, God doesn't run off and leave you. God is right back at that place where you laid your faith down. And so all you have to do is go back there and pick it back up again, and God continues and gets right back in the fight with you. And so the two of you can go back at it again, all right? So looking at Ephesians 6.16 again, above all, taking the shield of faith, the phrase, the words with which you will be able, that's all from one Greek word that we've talked about many times, and that's the Greek word dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, where we get dynamite from. It's talking about the power of God. And it tells us that when we hold the shield of faith in front of us, when it's anointed with the Holy Spirit and it's saturated from with the Word of God, that your faith positions you to move in God's explosive and dynamic power. Now that's good, I'm going to say that again. When we uh, keep our shield in front of us, when it's anointed by the Holy Spirit and saturated with the Word of God, that oil and water, that 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 shield, our faith positions us to move in God's explosive and dynamic power. So power and faith working together in your life will spiritually equip you to hold your position against the enemy without taking any serious blows to yourself. All right. So again he says, with which you will be able and then Uh, Verse 16, to quench. And we talked about all, but the fiery darts of the wicked. The fiery darts of the wicked. I want to show you, I think I have a picture of this. Um, Let me look here. Bear with me one second. Stay with me. This will help kind of, I think I have that picture. That's a good picture, but it's not the one I'm looking for. Um, Well, let me do this. Let me give you a homework assignment, if you can, if you have access to it. And I've mentioned this before in this particular, in these lessons. If you've ever watched the movie Gladiator with Russell Crowe, at the very beginning, the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie is an actual battle that the Roman soldiers are engaged in. And, and you can watch how they conducted their battle and what they would do, the Roman soldiers and the enemy, they would dig a trench, a little ditch in front of them, you know, just maybe five or six inches deep and about this wide. And uh, what they would come along and pour tar in that, that ditch. And when they were ready to commence battle, what they would do is they would come along and light that tar in that ditch on fire. Tar is an oily substance and they would light it on fire and what the soldiers could do is dip their arrows in that fiery tar and as soon as that glob of tar was over their the head of their arrow, they would fire it and shoot it at the enemy. Okay? So you had not only the Roman soldiers doing this, but you would have uh, their enemies doing this as well. So you'd have fiery darts flying, or arrows rather, flying back and forth between the Roman soldiers and between their enemy. And so what what Paul is telling us is, is that shield, again because of being saturated with the oil and water, when it was made, when the fiery arrows were made contact with that shield, that that it was able to extinguish the fiery arrows. So here's what what if Satan can't get to you up close? What he'll begin to do is start shooting some arrows at you. He'll start shooting some fiery arrows at you, and he's what he's what he'll begin to do is looking for weak places in your emotions, in your thinking, uh, and in your heart. Why? So that he can try and get at you with those fiery darts. And they take on all kinds of different shapes. Meaning, uh, you know, it could be the form of many different things. But that shield of faith is designed to protect you from those things. So, by keeping your shield of faith, again, anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit and saturated with the water of the Word... You will ensure that every fiery dart the enemy launches against you will miserably fail. Okay? Here's what happens, though. We get discouraged. We get moved by what we can see. And we have a tendency to lower our shield a little bit. Well, guess what? Just because you get tired and discouraged and start being moved by what you can see and feel and all those things does not mean your adversary quits shooting arrows what happens is you've dropped your shield and now you're vulnerable to those arrows. Okay. So keep your shield up, keep it up. Now I want us to understand something. Okay. Um, And I'm going to wrap it up with this. Let's go just back up a couple of pages to um, Ephesians chapter four. And, uh, I want want us to look at what God's will is for the body of Christ, okay? I want you to understand what God's will is for the body of Christ. It says that, you know, he's talking about how he gave uh, the ministry gifts to the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, And then verse 14 in Ephesians 4, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, look at verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working "...by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body, for the edifying of itself in love." Here's what Paul is saying to us. As members of the body of Christ, we are not to be lone rangers. Okay, if, if a Roman soldier ever broke away from the line, in other words, where he was grouped with his other soldiers... Uh, he became vulnerable, he became subject to attack, and he became a greater target to the enemy, and access became easier to the enemy. Now, when the soldiers were in a line, and if you were not one of the ones that was firing the, the arrows and so forth in the back, but you were in the front, and you were moving forward towards the enemy, what you would do is you would keep that shield in front of you. And what that shield would do is it would allow you to be able to form something that looks like this. And what that did, notice those soldiers are pretty much protected all the way around. Why? Because their their buddy soldier next to them has his shield in front of him. And they would join them together like that so that, so that uh, nothing could get through in the front. And then the soldiers right behind them would take their shields and put them over their heads and provide a top, a ceiling, if you will, a cover for them. So the arrows couldn't get at them from the top. And so what happened is, is these soldiers, if you stayed together and you stayed in line, and you stayed in formation, you could take your shield like this, and it would become almost like a wall, a fortress, a barrier that the enemy could not get through. But you can imagine if one of these soldiers broke out on his own, like one of these guys standing off to the side here, how vulnerable he is to the enemy's attacks versus the guys that are all together. Let me show you another picture that um will illustrate this for you this actually is a picture from the movie gladiator okay see how that looks when that whole group of soldiers are all together the enemy could not permeate that the enemy could not get through that and so the whole point of this and the whole point of us being in the body of christ and in particular a local body of christ A local church is so that we can stand together and use our faith together like this to help cover and protect one another. In other words, God has not called any believer to be a lone ranger, to be an island unto yourself. We are uh, supposed to use our faith not only for our own selves, but we're supposed to be connected to other people. And use our faith to cover and protect one another. All right? So it's important to know that we as Christians can march side by side with our shields joined together to help one another and to strengthen each other as a group and as a body of believers. Amen? Amen. Well, that's the shield of faith. All right? And the last thing we're going to talk about next week is the lance that the soldiers would carry. And, and, and again, I know that's not mentioned here by phrase in Ephesians 6, but it is. It's just not called that, but we'll identify that next week. All right? Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.